Section 5 of Personal Memoirs of U.S. Grant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jim Clevenger. Personal Memoirs of U.S. Grant by Ulysses S. Grant. Chapter 5 trip to austin promotion to full second lieutenant army of occupation when our party left corpus christi it was quite large including the cavalry escort paymaster major dix his clerk and the officers who like myself were simply on leave but all the officers on leave except lieutenant benjamin afterwards killed in the valley of mexico lieutenant now general auger and myself concluded to spend their allotted time at san antonio and return from there we were all to be back at corpus christi by the end of the month the paymaster was detained in austin so long that if we had waited for him we would have exceeded our leave we concluded, therefore, to start back at once with the animals we had, and having to rely principally on grass for their food, it was a good six days' journey. We had to sleep on the prairie every night, except at Goliad, and possibly one night on the Colorado, without shelter, and with only such food as we carried with us and prepared ourselves the journey was hazardous on account of indians and there were white men in texas whom i would not have cared to meet in a secluded place lieutenant auger was taken seriously sick before we reached goliad and at a distance from any habitation to add to the complication his horse a mustang that had probably been captured from the band of wild horses before alluded to and of undoubted longevity at his capture gave out it was absolutely necessary to get forward to goliad to find a shelter for our sick companion by dint of patience and exceedingly slow movements goliad was at last reached and a shelter and bed secured for our patient we remained over a day hoping that auger might recover sufficiently to resume his travels he did not however and knowing that major dix would be along in a few days with his wagon train now empty and escort we arranged with our louisiana friend to take the best of care of the sick lieutenant until thus relieved and went on i had never been a sportsman in my life had scarcely ever gone in search of game and rarely seen any when looking for it on this trip there was no minute of time while travelling between san patricio and the settlements on the san antonio river from san antonio to austin and again from the colorado river back to san patricio when deer or antelope could not be seen in great numbers each officer carried a shotgun and every evening after going into camp 
some would go out and soon return with venison and wild turkeys enough for the entire camp i however never went out and had no occasion to fire my gun except being detained over a day at goliad benjamin and i concluded to go down to the creek which was fringed with timber much of it the pecan and bring back a few turkeys we had scarcely reached the edge of the timber when i heard the flutter of wings overhead and in an instant i saw two or three turkeys flying away these were soon followed by more then more and more until a flock of twenty or thirty had left from just over my head all this time i stood watching the turkeys to see where they flew with my gun on my shoulder and never once thought of leveling it at the birds when i had time to reflect upon the matter i came to the conclusion that as a sportsman i was a failure and went back to the house benjamin remained out and got as many turkeys as he wanted to carry back after the second night at goliad benjamin and i started to make the remainder of the journey alone we reached corpus christi just in time to avoid absence without leave we met no one not even an indian during the remainder of our journey except at san patricio a new settlement had been started there in our absence of three weeks induced possibly by the fact that there were houses already built while the proximity of troops gave protection against the indians on the evening of the first day out from golian we heard the most unearthly howling of wolves directly in our front the prairie grass was tall and we could not see the beasts but the sound indicated that they were near to my ear it appeared that there must have been enough of them to devour our party horses and all at a single meal the part of ohio that i hailed from was not thickly settled but wolves had been driven out long before i left benjamin was from indiana still less populated where the wolf yet roamed over the prairies he understood the nature of the animal and the capacity of a few to make believe there was an unlimited number of them he kept on towards the noise unmoved i followed in his trail lacking moral courage to turn back and join our sick companion i have no doubt that if benjamin had proposed returning to goliad i would not only have seconded the motion but have suggested that it was very hard-hearted in us to leave auger sick there in the first place but benjamin did not propose turning back when he did speak it was to ask grant how many wolves do you think there are in that pack knowing where he was from and suspecting that he thought i would overestimate the number i determined to show my acquaintance with the animal by putting the estimate below what possibly could be correct and answered oh about twenty very indifferently he smiled and rode on in a minute we were close upon them and before they saw us there were just two of them 
seated upon their haunches with their mouths close together they had made all the noise we had been hearing for the past ten minutes i have often thought of this incident since when i have heard the noise of a few disappointed politicians who had deserted their associates there are always more of them before they are counted a week or two before leaving corpus christi on this trip i had been promoted from brevet second lieutenant fourth infantry to full second lieutenant seventh infantry frank gardner of the seventh was promoted to the fourth in the same orders we immediately made application to be transferred so as to get back to our old regiments on my return i found that our application had been approved at washington while in the seventh infantry i was in the company of captain holmes afterwards a lieutenant-general in the confederate army i never came in contact with him in the war of the rebellion nor did he render any very conspicuous service in his high rank my transfer carried me to the company of captain mccall who resigned from the army after the mexican war and settled in philadelphia he was prompt however to volunteer when the rebellion broke out and soon rose to the rank of major-general in the union army i was not fortunate enough to meet him after he resigned in the old army he was esteemed very highly as a soldier and gentleman our relations were always most pleasant the preparations at corpus christi for an advance progressed as rapidly in the absence of some twenty or more lieutenants as if we had been there the principal business consisted in securing mules and getting them broken to harness the process was slow but amusing the animals sold to the government were all young and unbroken even to the saddle and were quite as wild as the wild horses of the prairie usually a number would be brought in by a company of mexicans partners in the delivery the mules were first driven into a stockade called a corral enclosing an acre or more of ground the mexicans who were all experienced in throwing the lasso would go into the corral on horseback with their lassos attached to the pommels of their saddles soldiers detailed as teamsters and blacksmiths would also enter the corral the former with ropes to serve as halters the latter with branding irons and a fire to keep the irons heated a lasso was then thrown over the neck of a mule when he would immediately go to the length of his tether first one end then the other in the air while he was thus plunging and gyrating another lasso would be thrown by another mexican catching the animal by a forefoot this would bring the mule to the ground when he was seized and held by the teamsters while the blacksmiths put upon him with hot irons the initials u s ropes were then put about the neck with a slip noose which would tighten around the throat if pulled with a man on each side holding these ropes the mule was released from his other bindings and allowed to rise 
with more or less difficulty he would be conducted to a picket rope outside and fastened there the delivery of that mule was then complete this process was gone through with every mule and wild horse with the army of occupation the method of breaking them was less cruel and much more amusing it is a well-known fact that where domestic animals are used for specific purposes from generation to generation the descendants are easily as a rule subdued to the same use at that time in northern mexico the mule or his ancestors the horse and the ass was seldom used except for the saddle or pack at all events the corpus christi mule resisted the new use to which he was being put the treatment he was subjected to in order to overcome his prejudices was summary and effective the soldiers were principally foreigners who had enlisted in our large cities and with the exception of a chance drayman among them it is not probable that any of the men who reported themselves as competent teamsters had ever driven a mule team in their lives or indeed that many had had any previous experience in driving any animal whatever to harness numbers together can accomplish what twice their number acting individually could not perform five mules were allotted to each wagon a teamster would select at the picket rope five animals of nearly the same color and general appearance for his team with a full corps of assistants other teamsters he would then proceed to get his mules together in twos the men would approach each animal selected avoiding as far as possible its heels two ropes would be put about the neck of each animal with a slip noose so that he could be choked if too unruly they were then led out harnessed by force and hitched to the wagon in the position they had to keep ever after two men remained on either side of the leader with the lassos about its neck and one man retained the same restraining influence over each of the others all being ready the hold would be slackened and the team started the first motion was generally five mules in the air at one time backs bowed hind feet extended to the rear after repeating this movement a few times the leaders would start to run this would bring the breeching tight against the mules at the wheels which these last seemed to regard as a most unwarrantable attempt at coercion and would resist by taking a seat sometimes going so far as to lie down in time all were broken in to do their duty submissively if not cheerfully but there never was a time during the war when it was safe to let a mexican mule get entirely loose their drivers were all teamsters by the time they got through i recollect one case of a mule that had worked in a team under the saddle not only for some time at corpus christi where he was broken but all the way to the point opposite matamoros then to camargo where he got loose from his fastenings during the night he did not run away at first but stayed in the neighborhood for a day or two coming up sometimes to the feed trough even 
but on the approach of the teamster he always got out of the way at last growing tired of the constant effort to catch him he disappeared altogether nothing short of a mexican with his lasso could have caught him regulations would not have warranted the expenditure of a dollar in hiring a man with a lasso to catch that mule but they did allow the expenditure of the mule on a certificate that he had run away without any fault of the quartermaster on whose returns he was born and also the purchase of another to take his place i am a competent witness for i was regimental quartermaster at the time while at corpus christi all the officers who had a fancy for riding kept horses the animals cost but little in the first instance and when picketed they would get their living without any cost i had three not long before the army moved but a sad accident bereft me of them all at one time a colored boy who gave them all the attention they got besides looking after my tent and that of a classmate and fellow-lieutenant and cooking for us all for about eight dollars per month was riding one to water and leading the other two the led horses pulled him from his seat and all three ran away they never were heard of afterwards shortly after that some one told captain bliss general taylor's adjutant-general of my misfortune yes i heard grant lost five or six dollars worth of horses the other day he replied that was a slander they were broken to the saddle when i got them and cost nearly twenty dollars i never suspected the colored boy of malicious intent in letting them get away because if they had not escaped he could have had one of them to ride on the long march then in prospect end of section five recording by jim clevenger little rock arkansas jim at j o c c l e v dot com